0: Good morning again, everybody. Uh, To those who are online, thanks for joining us. Shout out to Mike and Carol who are hosting for us this morning. Hope you guys have been able to say hi to each other in the chat there. If you haven't yet, uh, go ahead and jump online there and say hello to each other. From the book of Luke chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, I encourage you just to keep that page open. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The story of Christmas is one that is marked by joy. Joy is defined as a deep-rooted, rapturous emotion, so great as to be almost painful in its intensity. The words joy and rejoice are used 132 times just in the Gospels. And that's because the Gospel, which means the good news, the story and the work of Jesus, is a joyful message. Now, for you... What comes to mind when you hear the word joy at Christmas? Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Santa here? I know him. I know him. Perhaps it's something similar like that. Or maybe it's the visual you get from when you were a kid and you remember opening up Christmas presents. Or if you're a parent or a grandparent, The joy that you get when you watch your kids now open their Christmas presents. Is it a picture of maybe people happy, laughing, family gathered around, eating good food, not dealing with family conflict, no sadness? Is it a picture like that? See, the Christmas season is often associated with these kinds of idyllic, happy pictures. Right now, I have to have at least 20-something Hallmark movies on my PVR. Now, all of these original movies are about a girl who falls in love with a boy from a small town. She works in the big city, but she decided to go visit her grandma, or maybe it was her car broke down. And anyways, they're in the small town, and they're complete polar opposites. You're like, these two are never going to get along. But he makes incredible gingerbread, and he puts something special in his hot cocoa, and they fall in love right Now here's the problem with these movies I Alice, I know Ali, I can already tell you're like just stop picking on them Here's a small small tweak just one of the problems one of the many is eventually December 26th comes and then New Year's and past New Year's January 3rd comes and it's back to school and back to work in that first week when you get the credit card bill for all the stuff that you bought trying to romance the person through the, months of Dece- or through the weeks of December. Now, for some reason, Hallmark hasn't made a movie about that time. <laughs> Many of you who know me know that I am always about getting a good deal. And with that, yes, and with that, sometimes getting a good deal means that maybe, maybe you don't necessarily the exact brand of something just to save a few bucks. Now this year, forgive me, I I don't have great pictures, my phone doesn't take great pictures, but you know, I I decided to do some shopping for my family. First, I wanted to get my wife something really nice and I hear that, you know, all these new Apple watches are good, so I got my wife an iWatch. Um, I don't know if you can show that picture up front. because I wanted to do something really nice for her. And then my, my son's really into uh, Super Mario, he's getting into that kind of thing, so I decided to get him a Game Child uh, video game system and a video game guy costume so he can dress up like him. And you can imagine, I get tired after shopping, so I thought I'd sit down and have a little snack, so I had a little Snippers bar just because I got a little famished and uh, capped that off with a bag of Dito's. Uh, discount Doritos. Now, the thing with imitations is that they don't necessarily always live up to the the expectation of the originals. I know I've shared this story before, so church, if you've heard this one, bear with me. But when I was in high school, I bought a a bottle of knockoff cologne because I liked cool water cologne back then, but that was like 60 bucks a bottle. But Liquidation World had a bottle of Cool Breeze cologne, and that was selling for $5.99. Now, Cool Breeze cologne, it, it kind of smelt the same. The smell only lasted for about 10 minutes. Unfortunately, the blue staining that it did on your clothing lasted for an eternity. But that's the thing with imitations and knockoffs, is that they just don't laugh. They're an inferior product. Oilers fans, you know what this is all about. We won't say anything, will we? No. Oftentimes when we talk about the joy of Christmas, what comes to our minds is actually happiness. But these aren't the same. Happiness is like a cheap knockoff. Happiness is something we never really actually possess, but is fleeting and always leaves us chasing. We need to really begin to understand the difference between happiness and joy. Because happiness is not the gift of Christmas. Joy is. Of all the times of the year, we can't be lured by the cheap knockoff of happiness at Christmas. So this morning, for our happy, addicted minds, how do we define and distinguish joy? I'd like to propose four distinctives this morning. The first is this. Joy is given. Now, happiness is something that our world is completely obsessed with. Now, I know we're Canadian, but we all know this because we all watch movies, okay? The U.S. Declaration of Independence, the seeking for life, liberty, and the pursuit of victory. (laughs) Oh, teachers, I feel for you. The pursuit of happiness. Now, note it doesn't say the possession, but the pursuit of happiness, because we can't possess it. Now, this pursuit of happiness drives us in our culture. We work incessantly to make ourselves happy, acquiring, achieving. I'm going to work extra hours so I can buy that nice bike, or I can pay for those lessons, or the new boat that the family is just going to love, and that will make them happy, and that will make me happy. Or I'm just going to focus on me right now. I need to just have some focus on me. You can try and make yourself happy, and temporarily you may pull it off. Christmas time, we see that all over the place, with decorations, with parties, with buying things. But you cannot make yourself joyful. Because joy isn't earned or attained. It's given. In Luke chapter 1, again, if you have your Bible, feel free to check me on this. But in Luke chapter 1, 28, we see Mary... In the story of Jesus and his birth, Mary is told by the angel that she will conceive a a son. And she is told, this is how the angel tells her this, joy to you who are highly favored. Husbands, I strongly encourage you when your wife is right in the height of labor to state this. Joy to you who is highly favored with my child. Can you imagine? Imagine being in Mary's shoes Unmarried and pregnant. Now, if you aren't familiar at this point in history, to be a a Hebrew woman and be unmarried and pregnant is the worst thing that you could do. At the very best, you're ostracized, ostracized and kicked out of your family in town, but there are women that were even stoned to death just for that. Joy to you. Mary didn't make herself joyful, she couldn't. The natural response to these circumstances would be fear, would be confusion. But she was gifted joy by the Holy Spirit. It was not because Mary was the best or because she was deserving. Mary was a human being just like me and you. It was simply because she was chosen. Now we can try to pursue our own happiness. We can do so by trying to control our own circumstances. But joy isn't something we can manufacture. Again, it's something given. Galatians five twenty two we see that joy is one of the fruits of the spirit. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Joy is something Mary received by the Holy Spirit, and joy is something that we receive by the Holy Spirit. Isaiah nine chapter six. This was read last week. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Again, that word son, as Pastor Marlowe pointed out last week, is capitalized because it's speaking of Jesus, God's own. Son, sent to the world to free us from our own sins so that we can be right in right relationship again with God. Christian joy is born of the Spirit of God. You can't muster it. It's not made, it's given. If you lack joy in your life, it's not because you're not working hard enough or achieving enough or making enough money. You can only receive joy from God. It's a gift to receive, not a possession to earn or accomplish. Second thing for a distinctive of joy is that joy is enduring. In Luke chapter 2, 8 to 12, we see the encounter of the shepherds with the angels as they tell them of the birth of Jesus. And they said, again, as we read it this morning, that there was good news of great joy for all people. I find it so incredible that God chose the shepherds to reveal this good news to, of all the people of the time. Now, if you're not familiar, shepherds were people who took care of sheep. And literally, their life was these guys were the redneck of their time. They slept with sheep. They ate with sheep. They lived in the hill country. They were not exactly the top of the socio-economic platform. But it was these individuals that God chose to reveal this good news Now, as they go and they see Jesus, the arrival of Jesus didn't change the circumstances of these shepherds. When they returned from seeing Jesus, they came back to the same job, the same challenges, the same struggles, and the same sheep who probably tried to eat their food. But they returned with joy. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness depends primarily on happenings in our lives. We're happy when everything is going well for us. Joy, however, fills our heart even when circumstances are difficult and things are completely not going our way. Happiness often withers in the face of challenge and struggle. I think of it this way. A couple of years ago, two Christmases ago, I bought my son this green monster truck, and it was actually really cool. Like, Dad's, you know how this works. There's once in a hundred, you buy your kid a toy and you're like, actually, I like this. This is cool. And it was this cool monster truck. It had these big blow-up tires. It could drive all over stuff, and it was really cool. It could spin around. It just went like mad. But the issue was, is that the thing lasted about five minutes, and then you had to recharge it, and it took like two and a half hours to recharge the battery. We eventually stopped playing with it because it was so frustrating. This is a great illustration of happiness. Happiness is temporal. It is fueled by self-gratification. And in order to survive, it has to constantly be recharged. That insatiable need to be self-gratified leaves one who is driven by happiness to constantly be looking for the new pleasure high to keep them going, to charge that battery. It also leads one who's kind of happy addicted to have a confounding relationship with sorrow, aches, and longing, because those things are such oxymorons to happiness, and they can't coexist. Let me ask: when faced with sorrow, with struggle, with longing, and sadness, happiness either disappears or convinces us to ignore the feelings, or those feelings, to, in order just to help feed that happiness monster. How do you deal with the question that stares you in the face every time you turn on the news today? The reality that there is sorrow, pain, hurt, and injustice in our world. If you're a happiness junkie, you won't know how to exist with this. You will either have to avoid anything that feels real, just to keep that monster alive, or you will get lost in despair and anxiety, becoming jaded and cynical. This leads many of us desperate to medicate or feed our gratification longings with things that give us temporary pleasure, wealth, addiction, fame, praise, or any other host of distractions. Things that will just feed that ever-going longing. Now contrast this with what the Bible tells us about joy. It's not sorrow or joy, but sorrow and joy. Psalms 30 verse 5 weeping may tarry for the night but joy comes in the morning. Philippians 4:4 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5:16 Rejoice always. The words of Paul in Philippians 4:11 I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. To, true Christian joy is not supposed to be a periodic thing but a perpetual in our experience, no matter our circumstances. Like Scrooge in A Christmas Carol, we are to carry the spirit of Christmas all year long. This is a joy an unbelieving world can neither believe nor understand. Now, this isn't a wedding toast, but I'm about to give a Bono quote, so just bear with me, okay? But Bono once said, joy is an act of defiance. Joy breaks the happiness rules of our world." Joy is a sign that you are not of this world, but are of another kingdom. Now, how can joy still be present with sorrow and sadness, as opposed to happiness, which is rooted in self-gratification? Well, number three this morning, joy is rooted in hope. The Jews of Jesus' day were not the ruling class. Now granted, there are more and less powerful Jews, but the Jews themselves were not the powerful people of their culture in day. They were under the authority of Roman rulership. The nation of Israel had been conquered numerous times over and faced incredible hardships and struggles. They were a people who knew what it was to suffer and to ache, to long for more. They had received the promises of God and knew that the brokenness that they saw in the world around them did not line up with the way things were supposed to be. Do you ever feel that way in your life? With the brokenness that you see around you? The things are not the way they're supposed to be. In Luke 2 25 to 35, we're introduced to a man named Simeon. Now, Simeon had known the prophecies of a coming Messiah, one who would save his people and set them free, one who would right the injustices of this world. Simeon was promised by God that he himself would see the Messiah. Now recognize, it's been hundreds and hundreds of years of waiting for the Messiah who had been prophesied. Hundreds of years of suffering for the Jewish people. It was this hope that it fueled Simeon and allowed him to persevere every time someone in his family was wrongfully mistreated. Every time he was personally short-changed. Every time he saw evil men seemingly rewarded with power. While honest, righteous individuals were taken advantage of and discarded. He took heart in the promised hope prophesied in Isaiah 65, 17-18. That read this. This is a prophecy that was given hundreds of years before Jesus. But is about him. Look, I am creating a new heaven and a new earth. And no one will even think... About the old ones anymore. Be glad and rejoice forevermore in my creation. As opposed to happiness that is rooted in pleasure, real Christian joy is rooted in hope. The hope that Christ came at Christmas, and just as powerfully that he himself is true to his promise that he is coming back again, that Jesus was born and would later die for the sins of the world. That despite all the wrong we see in our world, one day he will make all things new. And for those of us who receive that gift, we will be united with him for eternity. Revelation 21, 3-5, which is the end of the Bible, speaking of the ends of days of this world, it says this. Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more more death, no more sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Look, I am making everything new. Hebrews 6.19 tells us it's this hope that is an anchor for our soul. It allows us to experience joy even when our surroundings are anything but joyful. Unlike happiness, real Christian joy aches, it longs for. The Bible talks and teaches, if you listen to theologians, they'll talk about the already but not yet. That God through Christ has made us new so that we are new creations now when we receive them and receive the gift of salvation. That we are made new, yet not all is complete. One day all things will be made completely new as he has desired and planned for. This world isn't as it should be. This past year, you have seen and experienced reminders that this world isn't as it should be. You've experienced pain and you've experienced loss. Some of you have experienced hatred and division and strife. Church, it's okay to ache. It's okay to feel sorrow and sadness. That's not a sign of being broken, unthankful, or not filled with the Spirit, or not joyful. Joy is so much richer than happiness, and allows for so much more depth of experience than mere happiness. If you feel guilty because you are sad or mourning, especially at Christmas, be free from that guilt and shame that the enemy would love to put you in. Use the aches that you feel, that longing that you feel to fuel you, To move to God, to ask him to fill you with joy. Because you can't manufacture your own joy. He wants to fill you with it. Again, it's given, not earned. I don't know about you, but I don't want hallmark happiness. I want deep-rooted joy in knowing that Christ has come. And he is returning. That the injustices I see in this world are not the end. That he is making a new heaven and a new earth. And no one will even think about the old ones anymore as Isaiah prophesied. That what is to come is so much better than what is now. That he will right any possible wrong. And that the fate of the world and my sin does not fall on myself. But it's on him. As the famous Carol says, a thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Finally, fourthly, joy leads us to overflowing gratitude and celebration. Isaiah 61:1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. This is speaking. Of Jesus, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. Can I ask you this morning, what message is your life sharing with the world this Christmas? Is it the message that the angels shared with the shepherds that night? because that is the same joyful message we get to share today. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. We naturally want to share, when you have something that's a limited resource, even as much as we would like to say we don't, oftentimes we become very possessive and we just never want to share it. The good news of great joy of Christ at Christmas is not a limited resource. It's not for a limited few, but it's for all people. So church, a most natural response when we have such an unlimited resource of joy is we want to share it. There's good news to share. If you're exploring yourself, and maybe this is new to you, this experience of church, This idea of Christ at Christmas, it all comes down to this. John 3, 16, 17. This is the good news of great joy. For God so loved the world, meaning he so loved me and he so loved you, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Church, that's the joy that we have this Christmas. For those of you who are in person, I'm going to ask if you'll stand with me as we close in prayer. Just with eyes closed today, I want to give an opportunity again. If there's someone here this morning, whether online or in person, but you have not had that opportunity to receive that gift of joy, that forgiveness in life that's found in Jesus. As we've read here, that it's available to you. And to receive it, it's really simply a matter of receiving it. It's confessing that I am a sinner and I can't fix myself. Sinner meaning that I, I don't have it right. I can't do it. I need someone to save me from my sin, my mistakes, my issues. That gift is freely given. It's a matter of just simply choosing to do so. I'm going to ask if you'll close your eyes this morning if you're new to church. This isn't because we somehow, that's how we access God by closing our eyes. It's because many of you are like me and you're extremely distracted by other people. It's just a way of trying to focus. But as your eyes are closed, if there's someone here today, I want to lead this prayer, but I also want to give an opportunity if that's you, because I'd love to be able to to pray specifically for you. I'm just going to Give 10 seconds here. If that's you, I'm going to ask, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you this morning to receive that gift. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. See that hand. Yes. Thank you. Anyone else want to join these three? That's you this morning I want you just to say this prayer prayer just like this one I'm going to lead you can say it in your own heart God is listening directly to you right now that's what we do when we pray prayer is conversation to God and even though you can't see him he's here and he hears you Heavenly Father thank you that you love me Thank you for Jesus. I know I've made mistakes and I've sinned. Please forgive me. I want you to live in me. I don't want to live for you. Can you lead me in my life from this day forward? In Jesus' name. And for all of us this morning, God, may we move forward in the hope that brings joy. And may we, with our mouths and our lives and our actions, speak the good news of great joy for all people this Christmas. Thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And if you agree, say amen. 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 For those of you who made that decision this morning, uh, we'd love to be able to follow up with you. I'm going to stay behind. If you had time, I'd love to, to talk with you. If you want to look on the screen above you, you'll see uh, just a, a little QR code that you can branch onto. And we'd love to give you some resources and follow up with you this week. If you're online and you made that decision in the chat, you should be able to see an icon there as well. And again, we'd love the opportunity to pray with you and follow up with you. it's Pastor Bremen's coming at this time.